Welcome to Faith, Reason, and Geekdom. I'm Roger. And I'm Dusty. My brothers and sisters in Christ, join us. We work out these three perspectives in our everyday lives. jam-packed news week i mean news issues topics we got all of it we got rfk we got a movie review we got a porn debate twitter thread we got barbie we got ask the catholic geeks two different i mean there's so much stuff to get into uh i just want to say real quick how was your weekend i know it was actually pretty fun we, we actually met each other but met up with each other but other than that how was your weekend it was pretty good. Um, Let's get into the news right away because we both had a good weekend, but I don't know where to start with this because you have some very interesting stuff to say about this, but let me lay down the field and show you, share you guys this news. RFK, right? Everybody knows the famous lineage kingdom Camelot from President John F. Kennedy and his son. We all know the stuff that's goes on with them, but he's been in the spotlight like I would say the last four or five months, he's been really like all over the news promoting his campaign, which I don't think it's going to go anywhere, but he's out there and people put the spotlight on him again and say, hey, let's dig into this RFK Jr. What's his goals? What are his platforms? And over the years, he's switched. He's gone for and against. Well, this is per the New York Post. Uh, RFK Jr. backs, then backs off, then supports three-month abortion ban so this is very again it's like typical of what's been going on several years so he said that he supports all-out ban and then he got backed off and said you know what maybe there are certain circumstances that a woman can have abortion and then he's like maybe three months you know what maybe six weeks and he's all the whole career has kind of gone back and forth yes it is the act is evil but who perpetrates it? Why are they doing what they're doing? Do they have full knowledge? All of that different Catholic stuff that we get into. But as far as the issue, it's still something very touchy. People get really offended by it. But RFK Jr., you told me something interesting just before we got on about some of his stances on the abortion kind of going back and forth. Uh, what would you like to share with us about that? Actually, no, I'd like to go even further back. I'd like to go back to his uncle, uh, John F. Kennedy. Yeah, wow, yeah. We were working on a, a special uh, interview with Father Will Combs uh, right before jumping on air tonight. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I got to an interesting section in which Father Will was talking about a uh, a speech that John Kennedy gave before, as he was running for president, and he gave it to a group of Protestant ministers in Houston. Yeah. And he said this, this was the quote, whatever issue may come before me as president on birth control, divorce, censorship, gambling, or any other subject, I will make my decision in accordance with these views, in accordance to what is the what the conscience tells me to be the national interest of the country and without regards to outside religious pressures or dictates. Mm. So what he was talking wow. about was there was a lot of people, there had never been a Catholic president, 
And there was a lot of people, especially speaking to a group of Protestants, Protestant leadership, um, concerned that he was going to be, that the Pope was going to be calling the shots from yes. the Oval Office, right? So he was trying to basically say, no, I'm going to make my decisions in accordance to what my conscience tells me about the national interest. What is the national interest of our country? So I was reminded of that when you uh, when you brought up this topic. Now, uh, truth be told, I haven't read the headlines or the news, nor do I really care to, because I don't really think that Mr. RFK runs a, a snowball's chance in heck to uh, really <laughs> yeah. get elected. So um, the guy's just so divisive and controversial. I don't think he's going to get really far down. But then again, they said the same thing about Donald Trump. So what do I know, right? Yeah, that's true. Because I want to say one of the one of the quotes that were happening over the weekend. So it says, Mr. Kennedy misunderstood. This is a spokesperson saying it. Mr. Kennedy misunderstood a question posed to him by an NBC reporter in a crowded, noisy exhibit in a hall in Iowa State Fair. That's what his campaign wrote. So they're saying that he didn't understand because he did say, yes, I would cap it at three months, which a lot of people were up in arms about about that. Because, again, first he had said he is, he's not. Uh, also, too, it says, Mr. Kennedy's position on abortion is that it is always the woman's right to choose, and he does not support legislating banning abortion. So again, he says, yes, I support a, le a legislation banning three months. Up in arms, backlash. No, no, no. What he said, what, what he meant to say, what, what ha happened was, what ha happened was, so they said the crowded noise. I don't know, because it'd be his publicist. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. You know, there's a part of me, I guess I've been I've been around long enough to just wish that we could fast forward now uh, past all of this stuff that happens every four years. We go through the same rigmarole. Are there not enough problems in front of us that we can um, that we can get down to solving instead of dealing with theoreticals and whether yes. or not you know somebody's going to do one thing or another as president? You know, for for really, I mean, I just I'm so sick of it all. And and the major parties just play the same game and um, over and over the same thing. I mean, when it when the crux of it comes, we're not even allowing third parties to get on the debate stage uh, during key debates towards the end. This is like a two party system that we're stuck in. Where are the new ideas? Where are the new problem solvers? I'm just kind of so sick of it all. And um I, I just really wish that we had a leader or leadership emerge that would change things once and for all, that we would start heading in a better direction, Roger. Yeah. Well, it's not going to be like that anytime soon. It's going to be a long travel, long voyage before that even happens. Yeah. Speaking of long voyage, you saw something over the weekend. <laughs> and uh, I didn't I expect say you to this. bring this up, by the way. That's so funny. <laughs> we want to talk about the a movie that uh, I, I honestly just think was a pretty good, good movie. I mm -hmm. mean, it was entertaining. It was well shot. It was well produced. It was a time um, a time piece because it takes place, you know, I think in like the late 1800s, if I remember. Um, but uh, I, I don't even really know that it's worth talking about too much. I don't have too many positive things to say about it. I don't have too many negative things. I was just kind of blah about oh, it. Oh, man. Just yeah, yeah. put that on a poster. And we're the talking tagline. about the voyage of the leader, right? Or the yes. better or whatever it's called. Yes. And yes, you're absolutely right. It is based on a chapter in 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 a book. I guess Bram Stoker's Dracula. Mm -hmm. There is a chapter that has a captain's a, a ship captain's log 
about some uh, events that took place on his boat uh, as they were coming um, across the ocean. And, uh, and, and I guess this movie does a really good job of, of really, there are no names in it. Um, there's no big actors or anything like that, but it was well produced. It was very well done and released by Universal, which interestingly yeah. enough is the home of Dracula uh when it comes to movie rights and movie studios but yeah you know nothing nothing to write home about i guess it's a good popcorn movie once it gets home if you want to gather the gang and watch something um it's it's not bad as far as you know violence and so forth what Um, rating was it it's just your you know i don't even remember to tell you the truth i don't know if it was rated r i believe it might have been rated r but there was nothing in it that made made me really sort of cringe or jump jump out that jumped out at me. There was plenty of jump out scares, by the yeah. way. Oh, jump but, scares. Okay, jump scares. Yeah, right. But but there was nothing in it that that makes me think I'm going to remember this film four years from now, mm. or maybe three years from now. The way my brain is working these days. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> there's nothing gratuitous, no gross stuff like that. Violence. I'm going to say it was probably like PG-13 because. Some of these movies, they again, if it's a rated R, you cap what how much people could spend on it, like how many seats you're gonna get, how many tickets you're gonna buy. If it's rated R, it cuts a lot of demographics out. So I, I'm gonna say it's probably PG-13, and I, not a big marketing. I did see some marketing, mainly actually on social media, but very little. There, so what yeah. made you want to go see this movie that like was actually really I wanted to go see a movie that you've been talking about a lot uh the sound of freedom yeah good movie great uh, movie. that is playing less and less uh and I didn't find any show times that were on my schedule as a matter of fact I, I barely saw it playing anymore so it must be getting ready to come to video but um long story made short it, it happened to be a movie that was playing within the time frame that I had to go to the movies. And I thought, you know, why not? You know, it's a it's a popcorn flick. Uh, they seem to be doing Dracula in a way that we haven't really seen him before necessarily in a yeah. motion picture. Um, and so I decided, um, why not? Uh, 1897 novel was, was Bram Stoker's Dracula, right? And this takes place around the same time. But uh, I'm trying to look up the rating here to answer your question. And I, as soon as I find it, I'll let you know. But that was the reason yeah. why I wanted to go see it. I really wanted something better. <laughs> but Consolation I, I prize. That or like Meg 2 or oh, yeah. Gran Turismo. So I was like, uh, not a lot I, of choices. I'm going to go for the Dracula film. Yeah. I'm a vampire fan, but you know it's what about uh, twilight did you like twilight were you a big fan or they ruined vampires for everybody all the twilight saga movies well i got to work with nikki reed on a film who was the other girl in the twilight series which uh, um not the main did, uh what's her not name the main character okay, right yeah. she was one of the other the sub the sub character uh, and and that goes to tell you because i didn't really watch the series oh <laughs> i thought nikki was just super talented and amazing and we cast her for this and she's very talented music as a musician she's a singer matter of fact oh, wow. if she had a way she would she would rather be a singer i think hmm. but in any case no i didn't watch um i didn't watch that that teenage girls movie series <laughs> <laughs> but you didn't you didn't catch her autograph i'm guessing <laughs> but no, uh, no, I, no i didn't i didn't but but this this was uh, absolutely based on dracula like you said the the, the novel by Bram stroker and published in wait 1897 
and um it's um it, it's the trailer looked pretty interesting to me you know um so i went to go see it but yeah we spent already way too much time even talking about it yeah but i what i want to talk about too is bram stoker's Drac- dracula or i almost said i almost accidentally said it right dracula <laughs> so that's dracula and transylvania yeah. everybody knows vampires but the actually real story is deeper and it's not just like this is just like a gothic masterpiece there's also i think a lot of surface stuff just look behind the the blood and guts and the monsters uh, to me there's a lot of obviously a lot of rich symbolism especially with religion there's moral dilemmas there's struggle salvation dracula yeah. like it's good versus bad light versus dark and of course count dracula is the main dude of the bad guys of all the darkness almost like an allegory to like some demon or devil creature of course you have van helsing who's struggling against him and he is the guy who's on the good side the light side and of course there's crucifixes there's holy water they use a lot of prayer and faith too as well as that's their weapons they use these different weapons to combat against like all of the dark forces and stuff like that. So like, if you want to dive into your faith and and you want something that's like a horror thing, I think this novel is really, really good when it comes to superstition. Uh, Again, uh, demons, ghosts, goblins, vampires. And the really thing, the real thing I like about it is that there's like a lot of this ritual stuff there's, and it's all rooted in real folklore, you know, not necessarily truth, but there is elements that are like folklore in nature. And this is where that whole novel came from. So Dracula is timeless and he's the embodiment of evil. And even now to this day, we're obviously making movie about him, but also he's very seductive. I don't know if you guys seen the actual movie with uh, Keanu Reeves, when he's like via con Dios, when he does that movie, like that, I like that movie. And what's his name was the, uh, the lead Dracula. Um, he came out on Batman, uh, Gary Oldman performance. Oh, yeah, right. oh my goodness, his performance, but he's very yeah. seductive. And to me, that shows like that symbolizes corruption, right? Sin, the allure of like, oh man, there's this beautiful guy. There's this wonderful charismatic guy and the lore of temptation, the spiritual convictions. I mean, to me, this shows a contrast. It, it's the movies, all, the novels, all about contrast, the Catholic church understanding of what is fallen human nature, what's temptation. And then of course you got Dracula embodying all of this. And I think the immorality Dracula does a lot of like sexual immoralities, but he's also greedy. He's also power hungry power. It's like, he wants to be a God. That's pretty much what it is. And there's a lot of, of course, biblical illusions that are throughout. So salvation like what does it take to transcend human dracula wants to do it through corruption through power through control that's the whole thing right even in vampire lores what do they do? even in the one your, your favorite vampire movie with uh with uh with the shiny glitter even in that what do they do they're using power to control to seduce women right and that's real gripping when it grips you in the heart. Like, man, that's man's struggle. To me, it's a mirror. It's like we struggle with temptations and that Dracula biting you in the neck symbolizes blood, symbolizes a ritual, symbolizes the corruption of your blood, the sin. You're turning into something different. You're turning into a monster. So again, Dracula, I mean, it's not just a scary, creepy story, but I think it, it really gets you to think about your faith. Think about yeah what came so that's what i was thinking while i was watching the movie was my favorite. really yeah no i was it was a rated r movie it was a lot of blood 
which is yeah. why I got the R rating. And I was really kind of hoping to be surprised because Mike Metavoy was one of the producers. Mike Metavoy has been nominated for like seven Best Picture Oscars, some of his films. He did like Black Swan. He did Shutter oh, Island. Oh, yeah, Black Swan. The Jack movie. You know, he was a producer on those. So I thought, okay. And again, it was very well produced. Um, the actors, even though there were no names in it, were the director did a good job. But I wasn't thinking at all about my faith, to be honest. I was thinking about um, the ride, the the <laughs> yeah, the, the amusement the park ride, gloom. Uh, you know, you you're waiting for something to go bad. And again, it was it was told and done in a way where they were transporting like 24 crates in in the 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 hull of the of the ship, right? And each of these crates had some mystery um stuff including one of them holding dracula and and, and others holding some of his victims and stuff like that so wow. um so yeah i mean i don't want to give too much away like i said once it comes to home video you can gather the group and grab some popcorn and watch it at home yeah but i wouldn't i wouldn't uh i wouldn't spend the money i'd go watch some something good like for example maybe because you wanted to talk about barbie mm. which i've only seen about a quarter of the movie by the way yeah but yeah what, what did you want to say about barbie i think well are you trying to pronounce it like dracula barbila yeah. uh actually i think there was a, a like oh no that's elvira that was like, there's that's, like elvira. Vampire, that's, a that's a whole different, that's a whole uh, different barbie that's the original like gothic 1990s barbie. <laughs> yeah but i man the movie barbie like i had not seen it right and i plan to see it and the reason why i wanted to touch on it is actually it, it first of all it cracked the top it's now officially in the top 25 biggest grossing of all time which is it's just to think about that past a billion dollars and it just crossed number 25 all time that's just think about that mind-blowing but since it's in the news i was like you know what it's been out several weeks I really want to talk about one of the themes that I've I've listened to a bunch of reviews. You haven't seen it, but I, I watched I listen and watched on YouTube a bunch of reviews. And I know Dusty, you saw a little bit of it. I know I your see... family went to go see it, right? Your girls went yes, to go see it. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. They went to go see it and they didn't really enjoy it because they didn't understand like Greta Gerwig. If you guys seen some of her pictures, she saw uh she did ladybug she usually a uh, ladybird i'm sorry that's ladybird Lady yeah. <laughs> it's a catholic in the catholic uh school uh, all girls catholic school and she does this thing uh in movies what, what's the word um where it's like a double layer meaning like where okay the movie's about this but really underneath it there's another not secret right. but there's another layer it's a double meaning and she that's does cool. a lot of this okay so she's a great storyteller she's a great writer director and then she yeah, also she's did, a really I, good writer yeah, she also creative. did um what is it pride little and prejudice women. yeah little women that's that's the one yeah little women and so i knew man this is not a movie like oh barbie this is going to be a deep philosophical movie and sure enough when when they said oh i didn't like it because it was boring i was like yes that means it's good because i'm like a movie snob i, I really am like when they say this movie was good and i watch it i'm like really that movie and then i'm like this movie's good they're like oh, i was boring so that's how i that's my litmus test but okay. but Barbie, there's a theme of of anger. There's a to me an Old Testament theme of Cain and Abel, the story. So in the story of Cain and Abel, the basic gift is you have the two brothers. They're both tilling in the garden. They're doing their work, and God favors for whatever reason. And there's actually different theories we won't get into. There's different theories on why, but God favors um, Abel more than than Cain, and Cain is kind of like 
what the heck? Like I'm doing this and you're favoring my brother over me. And God tells him like warns him. I don't know the exact quote, but he tells him like, be careful. The, the, the devil comes like he's banging on your door pretty much. And he tells him to be careful. And there's two choices that he could have done. Cain could have been, you know what? I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep working. I'm going to offer it up as we say in the Catholic world or two option two. I'm going to take revenge out. I'm going to hate the world. I'm going to use my anger and I'm going to take revenge out on a person or a world or God himself. That's what a lot of mass shooters do. They, they're so angry at the world. How do you get back at the world? Even though a lot of them don't believe in God, they, what they're really saying is I want revenge on God for making the world the way it is because the world's the way it is. I want to make God suffer. And what will make him suffer is hurting his children, especially innocent children. So, that's what happens. How does this here. tie into Barbie? What in the oh, world? <laughs> I was like, what, what, movie going on with Barbie? what movie are you seeing? Well, okay. So in the movie Barbie, now see, I'm very curious if you saw this. Ken, he wants Barbie, right? That's all the whole world of Barbie is the, the women are in charge. They're presidents, doctors, they're all in charge. And the men are just like, ah, they're they're secondary, they're ignored, they're shunned, they're not taken seriously. And all Ken wants is Barbie's attention. And towards the end, I don't this shouldn't be a spoiler alert, but just in case, spoiler alerts and all of that, he tells her, like, you didn't pay attention to me. All I wanted was to be loved by you. You didn't love me. I wanted your because that he's in love with her. That's all he wants to do. He's obsessed with her. And and Barbie's like, whatever. Like she doesn't need him. She pushes him away. And at the end, that's why he rebels and says, now, how do you like it? I think he even quotes like that. Like, how do you like it now? And this whole thing, Barbie even says, but they throw it off. I wish they would have, from the reviews I heard, I wish they would have delved into it. But they said, a lot of them said they didn't. But Barbie was like, I'm sorry. I realized I hurt you. You wanted my attention. You wanted my love. You wanted to be seen. And I ignored you and I rejected you. So to me, it's like, man, how, who of us, who among any of us hasn't wanted to be seen, hasn't wanted to be loved, right? That's all we want. We all want to just, we just want to be loved. We want to be seen. We want to be understood. And when that doesn't happen, I, I reject the evil that everyone does, but I understand why people do certain things is because the hate is so much they're rejected and they're not accepted. And when you don't get that acceptance, the only thing to do is to spite, is to hate. And you take that out on the world, yourself, other people you project it on. And to me, that just really resonated because I think everyone could understand being rejected. That's our worst feeling is for someone said, you, I know who you are. I know the real you. Not the, I know the real you. And you know what? You're unlovable. Nobody wants you. So just to be clear, we don't see any school shootings at the end of Barbie. No, <laughs> no, there's not. Just, I know this is real deep. Like as I'm speaking this, like I realize, like as I'm speaking, I'm like I'm talking about a Barbie, a Mattel toy, and I'm like yeah. getting all. But it is, it really is. But the thing is, this God, God sees you. He knows the real you, and guess what? He loves the real you. And to me, the theme of rejection, taking it out, revenge, and to me, like I think. I'm, I'm not saying hey, everyone go out and see it and it's perfect and it's and I'm not saying that at all. But all I'm saying is I'm really excited to see it now because I heard a lot of reviews and I really want and I could see even in the trailers and stuff that I looked into. I was like, wow, I see this message now. You who have seen a little bit of it, yeah, I have a screener. Okay, just just to be like clear, I have a screener of the film and I've watched about 15 minutes of it. 
And I was very impressed with how creative it is. Just in the first 15, 20 minutes that I've seen, it, it caught me off guard with just how creative uh, Greta Gerwig is. And by the way, I didn't know Greta was actually a She was a Catholic. Oh, she, yeah. She, she was or she is a Catholic? Well, I say I, I know she was. I know she grew up in Catholic school. So I don't know oh, if she's okay. still practicing, but yeah, she did grow up in Catholic around school. That apparently, right? Because you watch yes. her creative works and there's definitely some angst around that whole period mm-hmm. of her life it seems like but then again what regular catholic doesn't have angst about catholic school yeah. i know I, so <laughs> oh, oh yeah that's right yeah well i would say um, this i'll i'll end, i want to say this real quick did, did you see that in the movie where the kins like trying to get attention and the barbies were just kind of like ignoring them did you get that feeling yeah in the first 20 minutes you get a little taste of that although okay. i didn't know that's what that was going to turn into a main yes yes it's the main it is pretty much one of the main setting a lot of this this they spent the first 20 minutes of the film spending a lot of time setting up the The world world. yes yeah but where she lives how she lives whether she has real or or orange juice in the morning and (laughs) things like that yeah so but i i I took it at face value I, i just sat down and watched it just because so many people were talking about it uh we we talked about oppenheimer and barbie oh yeah same weekend and there, there was that whole sort of thread of uh barbenheimer i guess they yeah, were calling the barbenheimer <laughs> the barbenheimer yeah. weekend so i sat and watched the trail the the uh the, the screener for a little while uh but it goes to show you i didn't finish watching the whole thing right i just watched the first 20 minutes that's about as much as i could take of the uh, cotton candy like uh yeah. qualities and then I'll go back and watch it at some point. The one thing that I did watch that I do recommend highly, and I I talked to you about it this weekend when we got together and shot some pool, is a, a series that's on Disney Plus right now called Light and Magic. And it's all about mm-hmm. the world of industrial light and magic, the history of industrial light and magic, and really so many of the, the things that have come to pass because that organization existed, nonlinear editing, uh, digital graphics for computers, for movies. It was the home of Pixar. It was the home of an Android that led to um, even there's some influence there for Photoshop, by the way, which I didn't expect when I saw wow. the film. But I really highly, highly, highly uh, recommend it for all film nerds. If you like Star Trek, if you like Jurassic Park, if you like The Abyss, oh, uh, yeah, I like the Terminator Abyss. 2. James I mean, Cameron. All of these movies have a birthplace at ILM, and um, and I really, really enjoyed it, and uh, would love to just erase it from my memory and watch it all over again because wow. I was counting down. Oh man, there's only a couple more episodes left, and I was savoring every every one as a geek, wow. uh, and a, and a movie lover and a lover of Star Wars type uh, stuff. You would love it, and even the Mandalorian, by the way, has wow, really. Has, you know, has to give credit for George Lucas and ILM, some of the stuff that went on there that goes on there, should I say, because it's an ongoing story. But um, but I highly recommend that. That's definitely worth your time. Again, it's called Light and Magic. Light and Magic. We definitely have to see that. Yep. But I'll say this, like, um, when can I get a screen or two? Because then I, can, then I can really watch Barbie. I'll really watch it and, and see and check it out and stuff like that. You're holding out. There's, you're holding out on me. Get me in trouble. I'll sneak it off to you or invite you over to the house so you can watch it. But what else do we have? What else is going well, on in the world of Catholic uh, Catholicism and, and nerds and geeks like us? So, you know, 
thinking about things that we like to talk about on the show, we have our favorite new segment, or at least it's one of my favorite new segments. And that is the topic of Ask a Catholic Geek. And the topic today has to do with the seal of confession. Now, what is the seal of confession? Uh, the seal of confession is something that uh, is more than just an embodiment of confession uh, and 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 the sacredness, I guess, of confession. But this is the question that has to do with it, and we can kind of dive into it a little bit more. The question that comes to us is, are there exceptions to the seal of confession? Now, when it comes to confession, one of the things I think about is being a kid and thinking, well, what if I tell the priest something in the confessional? Can he go tell my dad or my mom yeah. <laughs> or you know, my parents or my teachers or somebody, yeah. right? And so that's where the seal of confession comes in. The priest is not allowed to discuss with anyone outside of the confessional, in other words, just you and him, what it is that you confess to him, all right? It could um, involve even a crime right, that you committed, that you're asking forgiveness for. He's not allowed to run to the police and tell tell about tell him about that crime. So the question is, could a priest reveal sins, not the name of the person, okay, to a third mm -hmm. party? For example, a bishop. Mm -hmm. Let's say somebody admits to a priest that they committed sacrilege in a church, but it has not yet been discovered. Could the priest inform the bishop by saying something like, a penitent told me that he did X, Y, Z? And the answer to that is, of course, no. The seal of confession is an absolute. But that, in and of itself, brought up a whole bunch of topics for me and possibly even a, a nice little independent film that I would love to write Wow! Uh, about the seal of confession. Because... There's a lot of drama here, right? So the seal of confession in the Catholic Church is a highly protected and regarded um, as in, in, inviolable, which means you can't violate it. According to Canon 983.1 of the Code of Canon Law, it is a crime for a confessor, a priest, to betray a penitent by word or by any other manner or for any reason. The obligation to maintain the secrecy of confession is absolute, and there are generally no exceptions to this rule. That's interesting because they say there are generally no exceptions to this rule. I wonder if there are reasons why there could be, but apparently no. There's there, This is an absolute thing. The sacramental seal is so sacred that even in cases where there is potential harm or serious consequences, a priest cannot break the seal. So, for example, one of the things I thought of is, what if somebody came and confessed, I am hurting someone. I have a person locked in my basement. And I am oh, hurting, yeah. hurting, hurting them. Could a priest go and tell somebody about that? And the answer is no, apparently not. Now, the priest can spend some time and energy trying to convince you to do the right thing, but he cannot betray the confessional seal and go and tell anyone to protect, you know, whatever his reputation to save his own life. To, this means that a priest cannot reveal the contents of a, a, a confession um, to, to refute a false accusation, to save the life of another person, to aid the course of, of justice. 
or to avert a public calamity. Yeah. Yeah. That's again, I would be real interested in to see like how true all that was like, you know, like I'm sure there's some pretty dark stuff that, that priests hear right to this day. Like imagine that's why I think uh, one of our good friends, Father Brendan Berg, that's, that's one of his things that he does. His ministry is, is confession. And that's, that's his, I guess I would say specialty, <laughs> but it brings up a lot of stuff and the the weight that it goes on the priests and all the, the the shame and the or not the shame but the the shame and the 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 anger or the despair or the darkness that people unburden on them could be overwhelming and yeah the i th- the thing that comes to me first and foremost is shame fear shame and fear and the reason we ha- have the confession it's to protect against shame and fear to make sure that nobody's ever going to know that stuff. And I know there's going to be hard situation. Like you said, somebody's locked up and the priest could do everything in his power to try to get him to turn himself in. But then it's like, well, what, what if he's, you know, his wife, let's just say, for example, his wife's in the closet or whatever. And, and the priest is it's, he needs to do something. Now I think without, how do you say it? Without breaking the seal of confession, I think there are other things that he can do. And and I've heard some stuff, but again, I don't know how true it is that he can do almost everything in his power, except tell the person or tell, you know, someone else or authority, Hey, right. uh, this guy did that. This guy, blah, 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 whatever yeah. did that. As a matter of fact, it's so serious that it would be, uh, yeah. you, you get ex, you would know, actually be defrocked. excommunicated. Yeah. Including, it carries many penalties, including excommunication. Yes. Now, there are times, apparently rare circumstances in times when a priest might need to discuss the matter of a confession with another person, like, let's say, uh, you know, a, a, a bishop or somebody like that, right, a, a, a higher authority for absolution, and the priest would need to seek guidance without divulging, however, any identifying information. It is crucial, and it is absolutely important to know that once a, a person uh, hears a confession, uh, a priest, for example, they have the obligation to preserve that secrecy. Anyone who becomes aware of the contents of a confession, such, an, such as an interpreter or someone who wow. unintentionally overhears a confession, um, would have the obligation to uh, to also, by the way, to, per, to, to preserve the secrecy. Yeah, and you could see why. So like it, you, you it goes beyond the priests. Yeah, you could see why. It's because sin and and shame. It's such a big deal, and shame is is a type of fear. It really is a type of fear, and but shame could be motivating. When we feel shame, it could motivate us to to go to the confessional, right? And there's two different types of 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 fear that we might have. We might have what's called uh, servite fear. And servite fear is when we're like the danger of losing heaven. Like, oh man, the danger of trouble, right? I get in trouble. I'm going to lose heaven. That's called servite fear. Um, And then there's filial, filial fear, which is the the fear of offending God. So now it's not just about, man, I'm afraid I got caught kind of, you know, like, oh, I don't want to go to hell. I'm afraid that's servite. This is more of forget that. Not that you don't think about that, but you're like, Above all, like in in the when we say the prayer and confession, above all anything else, above all anything else, you Lord who I've offended above all anything else. So 
filial fear is the some would say the the purest form of of right fear is saying god i offended you i don't care you know whatever if i go to hell i'm trouble that's not why i'm afraid i'm afraid i have that that i disappoint or i offended thee right sin offends god it turns right. sin turns us away from him and those are those two types of fear that that shame connects with but you have to understand it's like this confession is here for a reason and we take it some people might be saying like wow that's really really serious why are they you know excommunicating if you break it well there's a reason why again to unload to unburden because shame is can be good but shame becomes bad when it it falls into despair when shame has the last word, that is when we're in the clutch of the devil, the lies, the accuser constantly accusing us and pointing at us. Right. Don't let it have the right. last word. Look, you, look what you did. Look what you did. You messed up. You and then making you feel bad about it. Right. Yeah. Not only does it tempt you into doing something bad, then after you do it, he starts making you accusing you and telling you you're such a horrible person. I don't know who said this. One of the saints said, um, man was it bishop sheen i don't think it was bishop sheen but um one of the saints said that like before i think it was sheen uh before sin the devil tries to talk you into it's not not it's not a big deal it's not nothing after Uh, sin the devil talks you into like this is the worst thing you're never coming back from this i can't believe you did this so it's weird but i love a quote from saint maximilian kobe which by the way this week this week is his feast day so right Pray for us, St. Maximilian Kobe. One of his lines I love is, the most deadly poison of our time is to think of ourselves as others see us. And I think when we start to get, again, shame is good in a way, but when we start to see like, oh, these people, they're saying I'm I'm a horrible person and I'm never going to repent and I'm never going to do this. I'm never going to be a good person. I'm never going to get rid of the sin. I'm never going to do any of this stuff, which actually leans into our next topic. I'm never going to get rid of this. I can never do it. I can't do, I can't be a saint. I, and they said I'm, I suck and I'm horrible, but guess what? The confession is where you go and say, yes, I am bad. Yes, I did, but I'm going to repent. And shame and the confession is to say don't rely don't turn on yourself don't think about oh i can't do it turn to god god wants you to turn to him in shame not yourself because then that's when it turns bad and that's why we have the confession that's why the seal like you were talking about is so vital and that's why there's such harsh punishment for anyone who breaks that but hopefully that will make you guys see okay even if you don't agree you can say well okay i see why it's so important because right. of that well it would be interesting to have uh father brandon berg talk yeah. to us a bit about that because um obviously he's a priest but i didn't know that was his specialty and i'm yes. really curious, yeah yeah really curious how he would weigh in on this subject all right we have about five minutes left what do we want to dive into what 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 ta- what's eating away at you roger what's going on um yeah let, let's let's do this let's i wanted to do this this issues you know there's news topics and there's issues there's issues on social media that happen and i wanted to talk about this briefly is because it was on twitter and i'm not going to say the name or anything like that but if you guys want to see follow us on twitter uh and subscribe and follow us but there's something that not a battle or nothing but the little thread i was engaged in and i thought i would bring it up because it kind of relates to this actually fits in perfect so um this social media person on twitter had said let me let me just read you what they said okay so this is them quote Anyone who looks at pornography either on a regular basis or a few times is a pedophile. Many of these girls are underage. Some are younger than 14, but look older. 
You don't know their circumstances, and if they were forced to perform, you are guilty, the scum of the earth. And so let me let me read what I, I put. I responded. I said, porn is evil. We should fight it. All should stop watching it. But we're broken humans who will fail until we die. No, most people who watch porn are not pedophiles. That doesn't help people heal from sin. Men have a strong attraction to the female body. And no, I don't watch porn because I knew they were going to say, oh, this guy is trying to hide from his sin and stuff like that. So she kept responding and, and saying porn is evil and all this stuff that I'm a bad person. Uh, she says, but it will send your soul straight to hell. Imagine having a heart attack while you're watching it. You're still in mortal sin and engaging in a disgusting act of masturbation. It is like comparing a snake to a viper. It's the same that that slithers on his belly and feels with his tongue. And then I just put, I, I agree, but I never said to watch porn. I said, it doesn't make you a pedophile if you watch it. So the, the main crust of this is I, I just, and, and I hate, I hated the fact that it, it even looked remotely like I was defending porn, which I'm right. not, I'm not at all. And to be, to be would honest, it have, to the, would it have helped? Like seriously, though, if you had said that at the beginning of anything, look, I'm not here to defend this, but I don't think it would have, right? No, because I did say the first thing I saw that says porn is evil and we should fight it. That was literally the first That's sentence true. that I literally but, said. But once porn somebody is has their mind made up and you've come in with any kind of uh, reflection, uh, you're doomed anyway. Yeah. But what I wanted to say on this is like, the thing I'm, I wish I could elaborate more, but it goes to Twitter. But the thing is this, it's like, I, I, to be frankly honest, like to be vulnerable and honest, I, uh, other than two, uh, other than two falls, you know, thanks to God for keeping me, but other than two falls that I had individually, uh, I've been pretty much nearly seven years clean of watching any pornography, seven years clean. And, a lot of men struggle with it a lot people are even good devout catholics that pray the rosary go to church they struggle this is a real thing and to yeah. me i felt like hey you know what seven nearly seven years so clean sober right from watching pornography i know how shameful it is i know how hurtful it is when you say you watch porn you're a pedophile like that's and also i'm a lover of truth right the beautiful and the true and that's just not a true statement that's not, that's just not a true. So I was more not attacking, but I was more defending truth because if we're Catholic, we've got to defend truth. And that's just not true. Like most, everyone who watches porn is a pedophile. No. Now do, if you watch porn, do you support an industry that a lot of it is? Yes, absolutely. I, that, that, yeah, absolutely. But to say you yourself, that's my point. What did you, what do you get out of this, Dusty? Well, it's hard to not watch um, any kind of tempting visuals these days, honestly, yeah. right? Uh, you're, yeah. you're being bombarded with sexuality, <clears throat> some stuff, even soft pornography, uh, oh, yeah. watching movies these days or entertainment. Uh, um, so I, I commend you for trying to stay pure in, in the midst of all of that that must be that must be really really a, a difficult thing for anybody to undertake but i commend you for that also i commend you for trying to educate this person um sometimes it was a woman by the way i just wanted to put it out there it was a woman so she doesn't know this that shame could turn men inward again like we talked about and you right. could shame so bad that that's not helping men just to throw it out there yeah yeah, well, either way, uh, what I think about is commending you for taking a stance 
for trying to educate somebody who is so, you know, we don't know what's operating there. Like we, we don't know what her issues are, if she has any issues or why she's taking it so, so personally that, that anybody would even speak up about this uh, or, or take any kind of a stance that, <laughs> that would, that would be against what, what her communication was. It was very bad communication, poor communication, but one way or another, I'm sure other people who have uh, who ran into the thread or even just discussing it now may be hearing the show. Um, it, I'm glad you brought it up. I'm glad you brought it up. It's interesting. Yeah, yeah. Again, a good little news or top little topic, social media topics, because social media is news now. So I thought, hmm, what if we pulled an interesting topic or issue from the social media? So oh, well, man, I I'm think... sure we could find a lot more too, right? The, <laughs> yeah. We might start looking for more subjects like that. To I was thinking about that social media web, but uh, yep. anyway, well, Raj, we've run out of time, and that was a really quick show. I think like time just flew by. It feels yeah. like me, but hopefully, our our listeners got something out of it. And next time, we will have to discuss more deep topics and interesting topics that are in the news and that are definitely part of our faith. Uh, if you have any questions that you'd like answered by the catholic geeks certainly leave comments uh, uh don't forget to subscribe and like our podcast that continues to grow thanks to you and uh we we look forward to to seeing you next time yeah again subscribe apple it's all there write a review share it with your friends once again i am roger and i'm dusty god love you <laughs>